Chapter 39. Sundering. There was no sign of the green ember in the room. Heather made certain. Kyle was right. Smalls must have with him. We can't wait, Pickett, Heather said, turning to her brother. We have to act fast. All the best soldiers will be in pursuit of the wolves, leaving this place empty. No one here will listen to us. We have to get to Uncle Wilfred and Lord Rake. But they'll be far away, Pickett said. They'll be in the vanguard of the pursuit. We have to get to Smalls. Heather stopped, paced back and forth. They must make the best, worst choice. We don't have time to figure out the right course. We have to act. We go find Lord Rake and Uncle Wilfred. Maybe they can get a small force together. Maybe they can make Jupiter's Crossing in time to save Smalls. Okay, Pickett said. Heather nodded. Pickett went on. You do that, but I'm going to find Smalls. You're faster than me, and I've studied the maps. I know the terrain. You find help, and I'll try to get to Smalls. No, Heather said. We can't separate again. I can't lose you. I know, Heather, Pickett said. I don't want to separate either, but this is beyond us and our own problems. We are long treaders. King Jupiter's heir is about to be murdered at Jupiter's Crossing. We have no choice. We have our duty. There was a short pause. Then Heather said, You're right. What about him? Pickett asked, motioning with his sword toward the hapless, crumpled rabbit in the corner. You can't do anything about him, she said, and she ran for the door. Pickett looked at Kyle, then at his sword. He took a few steps toward him. Come on, Pickett, Heather said. Pickett shook his head and ran after his sister. In the savory den, the wounded were being cared for. Emma was there, binding a vicious bite wound while deep scrapes bled through another wrap. The long treaders ran to her and made a hasty explanation. They said little about Smalls. Okay, go, Emma shouted. But come and help me, Heather, please, when you've given your message. Heather nodded and said, I will if I can. Then she ran off again, just behind Pickett. They reached the mouth of the cave and ran out into the sunlight. It was a mass of confusing sounds and sights. They were instantly overwhelmed by the noise of desperate cries for help, barked orders, muffled sobs, and a din of crackling, clanging, wild upheaval. They saw the mist, as usual, blanketing the nearby forest. There were soldiers running and doctors caring for the wounded. Smoke issued from small fires, and the whole scene seemed a blur of mad motion. There were soldiers charging into the woods, but in every direction. No one seemed in charge. Long traitors! they heard someone shout. Heather despaired. Lay hands on those traitors! It was Captain Fry, and he was wounded. He broke free from Dr. Zeiger, who was bandaging his bloody arm, and ran at Heather and Pickett. Hold them! he shouted. But chaos reigned, and he was unable to get anyone to follow his command. I'll deal with you myself, he said, painfully drawing his sword with his good arm. Stay and be held accountable for this treason. It wasn't us, Captain Fry, Heather shouted. But the old rabbit was coming fast, surprisingly fast for his heavy frame and injury. Pickett knew he was a deadly swordsman, good arm or not. Pickett stepped in front of Heather just as Fry lunged, blocked his stroke, and kicked dirt into the sputtering captain's face. Captain Fry cried out, and Pickett spun on him, kicking him to the ground. He landed hard, crying out and grasping his mauled arm. Pickett loomed over him, sword poised at the captain's throat. Stop! Heather shouted. He's on our side, Pickett! Pickett looked at his torn and bleeding arm. Wounds received from the wolf attack. This angry old rabbit had run toward the danger, while most ran away. You're right. Pickett said wearily. He's wrong about us, but who can blame him? Captain Fry gasped and clutched his bleeding arm as Dr. Zeiger appeared at his side. The captain looked up at Pickett, confusion and worry showing. Heather peered all around. Did anyone see which way Wilfred Longtreader or Lord Rake went? Only Dr. Zeiger answered. I not have seen them, Longtreaders. I haven't come out just a few minutes of go. Mine sorry. Why need so bad find Lord Rake's and the Wilfred? We need to warn them of something worse, Doc. This was only a distraction from the real treachery. 
Jupiter's heir is in trouble, peril. Heather said, Pick it. Do you know the other way? I do, he said. Then go. You have to try to stop him before he gets there. Everything depends on it. I know, Pickett said. I love you, Heather. I love you, Pickett. Pickett spun and ran off into the woods, displacing a great swath of fog as he disappeared. Heather shook her head. Wilfred, Helmer, and Lord Rake all went southeast, Missy, she heard. She wiped her eyes and saw Captain Fry sitting up and gasping. Dr. Zeiger was wrapping his damaged arm again, shaking his head and wincing. You'll help me, a long treader, she said. We met a large pack of the snappers here and eventually sent them running, but we've paid for it. He looked at his arm and the fallen forms of motionless rabbits nearby. The retreat sounded, and Wilfred and Captain Helmer led the pursuit. Which way is southeast? she asked. She couldn't even tell where she was in the fog and smoke and clattering confusion. Captain Fry pointed, then put his fist over his heart. She returned the gesture. Captain, there's a rabbit inside Uncle Wilfred's room. He's the one you saw sneaking out at night, not Pickett. They do look alike. He's the rabbit you, well, tussled with in the savory den. His name is Kyle, and he's your traitor. Captain Fry nodded. I'll take care of it. Heather ran hard, breaking through the mist as if unaware that battle, blood, and wolves waited beyond. <laughs>